0: Hey guys, um, welcome to our first episode of the Peterson Potluck Podcast, and you're definitely going to hear um, our dogs, Blue and Bruno, wrestling in the background, um, so yeah, welcome to our kitchen table right now, actually. Um, yeah, Rachel, you want to introduce yourself one more time?
1: Yeah, so I'm Rachel, and I'm Oren's wife, and I'll just be hanging out with him today, and just be talking about all kinds of different stuff
0: yeah um, really excited to do this I think we've had quite a few uh, experiences that we want to just preserve in the past few weeks uh, for one Rachel uh, just got over a really rare illness do you want to tell him what it was
1: yeah so it's um, Rocky Mountain spotted fever and for those of you that have never heard of that because I hadn't Um, It's a tick-borne illness. So it's kind of like Lyme disease, but different.
0: Yeah. um, So I think it was a Wednesday night. Rachel woke up in the middle of the night and felt something on the back of her head. And she said she went to the bathroom and pulled it off. And it was a nice, juicy tick (laughs) that had been right below her or above her hairline. Um, And, yeah, it was just... Something else, but she didn't wake me up. I heard about it the next morning. Um, You want to tell them what that experience was like, like waking up with a parasite on your (laughs) head.
1: So I I didn't want to scratch because I almost thought that it was like a scab. Like maybe I had accidentally bumped my head on, I don't know, maybe like the bathroom vanity or something and just like hadn't thought about it. And um, so I was like, I don't want to scratch it. So I went to the bathroom because I was like well if it is a scab you know I can see it and that way I can leave it alone and then I realized it was like a bug and so I tried to get it off and it was I finally got it off and I really had to pull pretty hard and it was a tick and it had obviously fed and if if any of you have seen a tick like you know they're pretty like thin um, just like from the side but once they feed they get really like fat and round Mm, Um, scrumptious yeah but they fall off on their own if they feed for like like two or three days so it hadn't been long enough for it to fall off but it had been long enough for it to formally attach and feed so it had been on there for quite a few hours yeah but it was unpleasant and i felt very um creepy crawly after
0: yeah i bet um I I think we had had a like little bonfire um, that evening, and so it's, uh, it would had to have just come from our yard. I mean we hadn't gone on any hikes or any of our adventures um, that day, so I assume it was just in our yard. Um, so walk us through the next couple days. Um, you were experiencing some like a crick in your neck.
1: Kind of. Yeah. So I think it was um, Thursday morning, actually. So the night after I had found the tick, like I woke up that morning, and my neck was really, really stiff, and I had just like a knot or two um, on the side that the bite was on. But I didn't think anything of it, because I mean, everybody wakes up with like a crick in their neck from time to time, yeah. and so I was just like, oh, it's probably just a random thing and so I didn't think much about it and you know I obviously like I'm a PTA so like I work in a PT clinic and so I you know we had ice packs and I was able to kind of ice it throughout the day and just kind of baby it a little bit and we had some bio and I put that on it and it seemed to help a little bit but um, I think it was Friday it was really really sore and it was super knotted up. Like, there were multiple, like, trigger points um, and just very tender spots on the neck, and I couldn't really um, turn my neck to really either side, and I couldn't really look up too well. So my motion was definitely limited, um, but I just – I still thought that it was just sleeping position because I just – I didn't think too much of the tick. I mean, I've found ticks on me before and just – didn't think too much of it. So
0: right, and that week, some from Wednesday to Friday, her neck was progressively getting worse, and so I, I kind of <laughs> developed her uh like a neck brace for her because I was concerned uh just about the mobility um and the more she'd move it, maybe it would it would end up hurting worse. And so uh, we used, like, I went to several stores looking to see if they sold, uh, like an actual neck brace, but Rachel said, uh, that there's no way that they would because you shouldn't be treating, uh, neck injuries on your own. Um, and she's right. So we just got like a airplane travel pillow and an ace bandage (laughs) and we wrapped it around her neck. Um, and or put the, the pillow around her neck and wrapped the ace bandage around it to kind of uh, immobilize it even more. Um, and that seemed to alleviate some of the pain that was associated with, with movement. But it was really uh, funny looking at the time.
1: Yeah, I looked a little silly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so about... When was it? I guess it was the start of the next week. So that weekend we were just str- kind of struggling with the um, with the neck pain Uh, But then, the start of the next week, you started getting fevers, um, especially at night.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it happened almost exactly a week later. Like, that Wednesday, I started feeling just kind of off, um, and I was getting really bad headaches. And that's the first thing that I noticed is, like, I... It's not uncommon for me to get, like, stress headaches, um, but these headaches were just very they would come on suddenly and they would be really severe and they would last all day and it wouldn't matter what medicine i took they would stick around and so i was like that's strange but maybe it's just stress maybe it's lack of sleep um but yeah i think it was the start of that wednesday night i started to get muscle aches and it was really bad in my joints like my elbows and my knees were the worst places and that was the first night that we took my temperature and I think it was about 104.
0: Yeah, it was pretty high. um, And it was definitely uh, concerning to me because Rachel is not one to get uh, fevers. Even if she's got a viral infection, it normally doesn't get above 100 or maybe at the maximum 101. And so 104 fever, Was quite the concern, but I do believe it it responded pretty well to over the counter pain relievers and fever reducers. Um, And so we just managed that night. And then the fever broke, um, I think, at some point during that night.
1: Yeah, it went down um, after we had taken medicine and I had, like, we had kind of removed blankets. And because I remember I woke up Thursday and I was just drenched in sweat. So at some Mm -hmm. point, the fever broke for good um, and it was, cause I think when we finally decided we were gonna go to bed, it was still high. It was like 102, 101.
0: But it was coming down.
1: But it yeah, it was gradually coming down. And then when I woke up the next morning, like I was just covered, like I was drenched in sweat. And so I knew that the fever had broke. And so I thought that it was maybe a fluke because I took it Thursday morning and it was normal. And normal for me is about 97.7, 97.8. Um, And it was completely normal for me. Mm -hmm. But then Thursday afternoon, I started to feel bad again. And my muscles started to ache, and I was having headaches again. Um, But we had been gradually giving me Tylenol and ibuprofen and just kind of swapping them out just to kind of prevent the fever. But unfortunately, by Thursday night, it got really really high. high, I think it was,
0: was was it 104? Was that the night it was the highest?
1: No, I think that was Friday, Friday night, night was the highest, but Thursday night it was 104.5, so it had gotten past 104, and we were concerned that we needed to go that night too, and I still said Yeah, no. she uh,
0: she was reluctant to uh, want to go anywhere, which I understand. Um, going to the hospital is not my favorite either. And I'm actually going to pause for a second and take Bruno out. Uh, he is pacing, and that is his sign that he has to go to the bathroom. So I'm going to... Hop off for just one second and then
1: come right back. It's not like you can just call if you're having an issue, you know, during the week. Um, You can do that. But on Friday, it's kind of like you come or you have to wait the rest of the weekend and then come on Monday. So Fridays are normally pretty busy. um, But I was so fatigued and just kind of worn out because I didn't sleep Thursday night. Like we were up all night because my fever was so high and I just didn't feel good and Friday was the first morning that I woke up and just felt bad all day
0: right and your eyes yeah
1: so my eye like so Orton had to drive me to work
0: Thursday or Wednesday Wednesday and and
1: Friday because I my headaches were bad in the morning like early in the morning before I could take any medicine and my eyes were burning and I couldn't see that well. Like I was super, super sensitive to light. So it's almost like I had a constant like migraine. mild migraine. Yeah. And so he was going to drive me to work, but I just remember Friday morning waking up and I was just I almost couldn't open my eyes at all. And I looked in the mirror and they were red. Um. And the left one was worse than the right, and it burned more than the right one did. And I remember I got to work and um, our PSC, um, who's our patient service coordinator. Um, so she works the front desk and she checks people in. She had asked me, you know, if I was doing okay and how I was feeling. Cause I looked tired and I said, well, last night, you know, I had a really, really high fever and I'm just not feeling my best today. And, uh, my supervising PT and her both asked, you know, what, well, how high did it get? And I was like, Oh, 104.5. And my supervising PT. So basically my boss was like, That can cause organ failure. Like, why didn't you go to the ER? And I was like, well, you know, I didn't want to miss work. And I, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go to the hospital. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I would have to go in by myself. I'm not sure what's wrong. I don't know if it's a fluke thing. I just, and it only spikes at night. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But in the back of my mind, I was like, but I do feel the worst today that I've felt in a really, really long time. And I've never, and we checked with my mom, I've never had a fever that high. And I've had mono, I've had the flu, I've had strep, I've had walking pneumonia, and it's never been that high. And so Friday was pretty miserable. I had a lot of patients ask me like what was wrong and if I was feeling okay because I was just really sluggish and just tired and they could just tell that I just wasn't myself and I wasn't as bouncy and bubbly and just not as on my toes. And so by the time that Oren had picked me up Friday afternoon, I was just beat. I mean, I was just tired. My head was hurting really, really bad. My body hurt really, really bad. And by the time we got home, it was already 102, Hmm. which was the earliest that the fever had started to creep up because normally it was just around bedtime. Like eight or nine o'clock it would start to creep up but this time it was like 5 30 and it was already at like 102 and I took medicine and it brought it down a little bit but it still the fever was still there I think it was like still 100 or something and so it was still pretty persistent and Friday night was the worst the fever got and the worst the muscle aches got because we woke up and I felt horrible like i felt like i had been in a car wreck because my body hurt so bad i couldn't extend my elbows or my knees all the way and so i couldn't get up to walk to like go to the bathroom to get medicine to get water to do anything and so i woke Orin up and we took my temperature and it was 105.5 and we checked it again because i thought that i had looked at it wrong and he was like all right that's it like let's go to the emergency room and i was like nope <laughs> yeah at
0: this point i was very concerned borderline freaking out um because i knew that a fever that high if sustained was really bad news and so um we had actually i think talked and said if it goes over 105 we're going <laughs> i got her to agree with that uh, when it was 104.5 um and then it happened so it actually went above 104.5 and above 105 um and so i was prepared to take her um but she was reluctant and also it was painful for her to move and it was three in the morning and Mm -hmm. we just that was absolutely our last case uh scenario that we would want to go so more medicine and I actually uh, got an ice pack. And so anyone who's had a fever, which is everyone I assume, knows how cold you feel. Um, And so trying to give her this ice pack and make her lay on it, um, I'm sure was torturous, but her fever did come back down. Mm -hmm. Um, It started responding to the medicine and the ice pack. Um, And so we just kind of rode out that night. That was Friday night. Then Saturday, I was like, all right, we got to go somewhere. Also, her mom, when we were asking her, oh, have we had a fever before this high? I mean, she knows that she's having high fevers, so her mom wants her to go. Um, and so we went to a, a local urgent care. And by this point, I think the rash had started to develop.
1: Yeah, so, I, so when I'm at work obviously I work in healthcare and so we're washing our hands constantly, even before the pandemic. Like we just, we have to wash our hands between patients and like, because I see three people at a time, I'm constantly going and washing my hands. And so I've, I've looked at my hands and I've seen them and I've, I would know if I was getting a rash, but I went to the bathroom Friday morning or Saturday morning and I washed my hands and I looked down and I saw like spots on my hands and my forearms. And I was like, that's, that's weird. Like that wasn't there yesterday. And so originally I had told Oren that I was not going to the doctor unless I had a rash. So the rash came up while we were at the urgent care. At least I noticed it when we were at the urgent care. Cause we pretty much went immediately Saturday sure. morning after we had, you know, woken up and gotten ready. And as soon as they opened, we went. And so I really didn't notice before, but after that, I, I, Knew that there was probably something going on. And I remember I came out of the bathroom and I sat down next to you after we had kind of like checked in. And I was like, look at this. And I like showed him all these like little polka dot looking spots on my hands and forearms. And I was like, isn't that weird?
0: Yeah, and I was, at this point, I had already web-MD'd the situation and the tick bite And I think, Rachel, you had done most of the research, but like the tick bite, um, the super high fever, and the rash all kind of were adding up that it was a really rare illness called Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Um, And so when we went in there, uh, I was expecting to get to go back with Rachel. Um, But because of COVID-19 and the pandemic, they no longer let uh, family members go back into the actual uh, clinic. And so when she was going in, I said, tell them that you think it's Rocky Mountain spotted fever because I know that it's often misdiagnosed or um, it it's kind of so rare that it probably doesn't cross many healthcare providers' minds. And so I wasn't in there. Well, tell me how the actual visit went. Was it with a PA? It was a woman, right?
1: Yeah. So I'm not positive. I think she was a doc. Like, I think she was like an MD. Okay. Um, but the nurse that I went back with first, everybody was great. Um, she was really, really sweet. She was like, so tell me what's going on. And I told her, I was like, well, you know, I've been having these really, really bad headaches and like my body hurts and I don't feel sick, but I'm getting these really, really high fevers, but only really kind of in the afternoon and at night and they spike up really really high and so much so that it's abnormal for me even when I am sick and then I said and now I have this really weird rash on my hands and my forearms and a little bit on my ankles and she was like okay well let me see it and she kind of took a look and she's like okay and you know she kind of started to put it in her note and she was like so how high has the fever gotten and I said well you know, normally it was about 103. But last night, it got up to 105.5. And she stopped typing. And she was like, she pulled down her mask, because I'm not sure that she, like really understood like what I had said. And she was like, What did you say? And I was like, the fever got up to 105.5. And she was like, Did you go to the emergency room? And I said, No. And she said, that is definitely a trip to the emergency room like if that ever happens again you've got to go straight there and I said yeah I understand but like I couldn't walk and my husband would have to you know like change my clothes and like you know carry me to the car and carry me in and I know that he would have but it just you know I'm just in the type of person that I feel um, guilty for stuff like that and so I didn't want him to have to do all of that and plus I just didn't want to go um, I don't like the emergency room anyway, especially during a pandemic and when I would have to be by myself. So I didn't want to go. And so she was like, Well, if that ever happens again, you need to immediately go to the emergency room because you can go into organ failure. And I was like, Okay. So, um, she was, you know, getting my vital signs and my temperature was already one oh one and it was really early. Uh and this is the earliest that it had spiked mm-hmm. since I'd gotten sick, and so I knew that it was getting worse. Um. So I knew I probably needed to be there. Um, and then she was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get the doctor. I'm going to give her some of your information and she'll be back in in a few minutes. And she was like, OK, well, I could hear them in the hall right before they came into my room. And she was like, what was the fever? And she said 105.5. And the doctor was like, oh, my gosh, did she go to the emergency room? And the nurse was like, nope. And so then they walked in and, you know, she introduced herself and she was like, so your, your fever got up to 105.5. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, if that ever happened, you know, she did the same thing. She's like, if that ever happens again, you need to go straight to the emergency room. And she's like, I said, okay. And she's like, you know, we put people in ice baths for anything over 104. And I was like, okay. So, um, you know, and she, it's just pretty much like standard procedure now to kind of go through the COVID symptom checklist just to make sure you don't need to be tested. And, you know, I I had told them, I was like, I don't really feel sick. I just feel strange because I have a fever. And fevers just make you feel off. Um, and I just had headaches and body aches. But really, that was it. And um, so she went through, you know, all the symptoms that are associated with COVID. And I was like, no, no, no. Really, the only things that were the same was, like, fatigue, body aches, and Fever, and that was pretty much it. But you know, there was no loss of taste or smell, there was no like cough, there was nothing respiratory at all, really. And so she was like, Okay, um, she said, So tell me about the days leading up to you feeling sick like, did you go anywhere? Did you do anything? And I said, Well, I did get bit by a tick, and she was like, Oh. Well, can I see the tick bite? And I said, Yeah. And so I kind of, I was like, you know, I have really thick, dark hair. And so I told her, I said, it's really hard to see, and I haven't really been able to see it because my hair's thick, it's dark. And I had taken a shower that morning, so it was also wet. And so I was like, I'm I'm sorry. But she found it and she looked at it and she's like, Alright, well it's it's definitely scabbed over and I can see where it was and it's a bit swollen. And she was like, Do, are you having any like uh, muscle spasms? And I said, actually, yeah, I had some in my neck, but I thought that I had just slept funny, but they were like knots in my neck. And she said, okay, well, sometimes people can react to tick saliva and it can cause muscle spasms. So it made more sense that my neck hurt the day after the tick bite because the saliva was already in my body. And like, because it had already fed, it already caused my muscles to respond. Um... And she said, well, it says that you have a rash. So like, let me, let me take a look at the rash. And I said, okay. And I showed it to her and she goes, oh, I know what you've got. Like, she knew it immediately. She was like, it's Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And I was like, are you sure? I mean, I, cause I kind of expected her to be like, well, I don't know what's wrong. Like, let's go ahead and test you for, you know, X, Y, and Z. And like, let's do a blood panel. And, but she, I mean, she was like, yeah, this is Rocky Mountain spotted fever. She said, you know, it's, it's rare, but you know, it's, because you have the rash, it's really easy to diagnose because that's one thing that we've read and that she also talked about is that a lot of times it's missed because some people don't have the rash, especially adults. Like kids normally get a rash and they get a rash sooner than adults do. But because I had the rash and I had the really high fever and I knew that I had been bit by a tick, she knew what it was. And so I was lucky Because a lot of people don't know they've been bit by a tick or they never get the rash and they just have the really high fever and they don't know what's causing it. And they just like, you know, and the only way to treat it is with antibiotics. And so I got lucky because um, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever affects your blood vessels and so it can cause a lot of damage to your organs And it can even cause, you know, gangrene and you can lose, you know, fingers and toes and you can, you know, your hearing and your eyesight can be affected, which mine was already kind of starting to be um, just because I my eyes were bloodshot by Saturday. And so she prescribed me the antibiotic and she said, if your fever doesn't go down and if it gets worse, you need to go to the emergency room. She said, even if you don't want to go tell your husband that we are specifically telling him to take you to the emergency room if it gets that high again. And I was like, okay. So I told him, so he could, if I refuse to go again, he could take me. So I was like, if she said, if it ever gets that high again, you you could take me and I shouldn't argue. So that's pretty much how the visit went. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. Um, She did say, you know, I could test you for the flu, but I, don't think it's the flu. And she said, and I don't think it's worth it to test you because you really don't have any symptoms of anything viral. It's just, you just have the body aches, the headaches, the fever, and now the rash, and you have the bite to prove it. So she said, I don't, it's not, I don't think it's anything like that, but she did say if it continues to get worse after the antibiotics come back and we will do more tests to make sure that we haven't missed something. But even the day after I started the antibiotics, I started to feel better. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I um, I'm super glad that we went when we did, and they uh, they caught it because um, it can get it can get pretty bad pretty quick because the bacteria um, target the blood vessels, and so it causes. And I'm pretty sure that's what the rash is: is little tiny bruises, almost mm-hmm. like the blood vessels start bleeding and that they, they pull and there's little spots. Um, but, I mean, that's happening all over your body. It's just most visible in your hands and feet and, so, and eyes because they're very vascular. And so it's, it's super good that we caught it and that, um, that modern medicine has come to where it is. I think I was reading um, the Wikipedia article about Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and it was before 1940 when they discovered the precursor to doxycycline, the type of antibiotic that is used to treat it today um, it had a really high mortality rate, I think of like 10%. So, I mean, one out of 10 people that got it, um, would, wouldn't survive. Um, and even today, if it does go undiagnosed, like, um, Rachel was talking about how, if, if you don't present with the, with the rash and maybe you didn't know you got, had gotten bit, um, in, people end up in the hospital quite often mm-hmm. and you know and they're on bed rest and iv fluids and um and it's probably a, it probably stumps some of the doctors like it's probably pretty far down the list because i think uh, there's only 5000 cases a year in but the United states but i will states. say
1: this it has gone up gradually over the years like the number of cases have climbed mm. over the years and i don't know if it's because diagnosis has gotten better or Doctors have just st- like started to think about it, or ticks have just... Yeah,
0: maybe there's been a boom in ticks. Yeah. Maybe it has to do with weather. And I think it is interesting that it's called Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, but it's not situated in, in the West. There's like, what would you say, four or five states?
1: Yeah, so it's most common in six states, and Tennessee is on the list of where it's most common. Um, mm-hmm. But they call it Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever because that's where they first found it, but it's not super common in the Rocky mountain States. So,
0: yeah. Um, so I'm super glad that we we caught it and that the medicine started to kick its butt pretty soon. You still had, you know, symptoms and then the the doxycycline brings its own Mm -hmm. fun set of side effects. Um, and meanwhile, we were planning and getting ready for our, uh, wedding celebration, um, we had gotten married early because of the pandemic, and uh, our original May 2nd date was no longer uh, possible because we didn't know what was going to happen with COVID-19, and so we got hitched in a small little ceremony on May tw- or, I mean on March 29th because we're old-fashioned and my lease was about to be up, and I wasn't uh, prepared or willing to live together until we were married, and so we got married, uh, but we postponed our big like kind of wedding celebration for all of our friends and family until September 5th. And so this is like the first, this is like a week and a half before, um, before we're getting ready, before the, the actual ceremony and Rachel's having to deal with this crazy illness and then all the side effects that come from the medicine. Do you want to talk about how the medicine made you feel?
1: So um, anybody that's been on antibiotics know that they can almost make you feel just as bad as when you're sick. Um, just because they're, I mean, they're powerful drugs. And um, I think the biggest thing was just feeling nauseous. Mm-hmm. And she had told me to take it with food. Um, but the instructions the said, pharmacist said not to. yeah, the pharmacist said don't take it with food. And we found out that I needed to take it with food because if I took it without food, I just was so sick.
0: Which happened the morning of our wedding celebration.
1: The Saturday we were going to have our kind of reception. Um, I had gotten up that morning and like my best friend was staying with me in our little get ready house. And so we decided we were going to go get coffee and then leisurely kind of get ready because we were both early risers and so we were like we've got some time so we can just you know run and get some coffee and come back and kind of relax get ready at our own pace and so we went and I thought that because I had coffee with cream in it that I would probably be okay to take it because it's you can also take medicine with like a glass of milk Mm -hmm. and normally it helps with the nausea it doesn't completely knock it out but it helps and so I was like well I don't feel hungry, like I was kind of like anxious, excited, Um, and so I just didn't feel like eating, and so I was like, well, I've had this coffee, so I can, I'll probably be okay to take it, and I took it, and it was like 30 minutes later, I had like gone to the bathroom twice because I thought that I was going to throw up because the nausea was so bad, and so it is just uh, not a good time. No,
0: Rachel absolutely uh, despises throwing up. Whereas I don't like it. I don't think anyone likes it, (laughs) but I think Rachel would prefer any other bodily function happening to her other than throwing up. And so for her to tell me that she went to the bathroom prepared to throw up, because normally she'll fight it. She'll fight it to the bitter end. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew it was pretty bad. And I think it's because, I mean, it is a powerful medicine that uh, targets bacteria. And we have a host of good bacteria in our gut. And so it's probably killing some of those too. Mm-hmm. And then your body is just like, what the crap is happening? And so it just wants to purge that. But um, thankfully, it didn't happen. It, it didn't, didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition. <laughs> she uh, she wrote it out. Um, and we had a beautiful time. Uh, I think that that would probably be uh, the subject of another podcast. It's just all about uh, our crazy wedding um, scenario or, or two weddings, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, just a little spoiler. Uh, my parents, both of them got COVID uh, five days before, or they were diagnosed five days before uh, the September 5th wedding celebration. And so they weren't able to be there. And my sister, who was going to be in the wedding uh, party, lives with them. And so she was quarantined. So yeah, that's a that's a story for another day, I think. <laughs> but um, But thankfully... Uh, after that Saturday morning things really you felt better and did you have a good time?
1: Yeah I had a great time I think the only lingering symptom was fatigue um, and a little bit of headaches so I think I took some medicine right before I went up right before you saw me before we did the first look so I was like I'm gonna save the medicine until right before we start taking pictures and the festivities really begin because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to need the extra help. And so I had waited to take the medicine until right before I got out of the car and before I saw you and, um, Mm. it seemed to really help. But I think by the end of the day I was wiped out, but in a good way. I mean, I had a great time and I was just, but I do remember I changed and I sat down on the couch and I was like, "Oof, I'm not going to be able to get back.
0: (laughs) up." Yeah. I had a good time too. It was a whirlwind. Um, but, yeah, that's the story of Rachel getting a super rare uh, illness and it getting diagnosed and her getting medicine and us making it through. Um, but I think I think you set the record for the highest uh, fever that we're going to see. I hope. I, don't I think, hope so. <laughs> I don't think if, if you have a, high, a higher fever or if I have a higher fever um, – Something bad's happening.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm definitely
0: taking you to the hospital. Yeah.
1: We've learned the lesson that if your fever is over 104, you go to the emergency room no matter mm-hmm. what I say. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um you got a window into our life, uh, with the pups wrestling and cars driving by and yeah, so Sorry if the audio is a little bit wonky, but uh, I mean, this is, this is real life, man. Yeah, it's real life uh, recorded on site.
1: Yeah. Uh, So thanks so much for tuning in.